I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back. One of the unfortunate realities of this little human experience and experiment we're going through is that uh, in the midst of great tragedy, there can often emerge incredible, impressive, life-saving greatness. Sometimes things can go very, very badly, and in the midst of that, something something very, very good uh, can emerge. And that happened on the night of October 1st, 2017. Do you remember that night? October 1st, 2017 is when a 64-year-old man opened fire on a crowd of concert goers in Las Vegas, Nevada. 59 people lost their lives that night. A wide range of injuries, you know, from gunshots to shrapnel wounds to trample injuries to people jumping fences trying to egress and getting hurt one way or another. Fire Chief Greg Castle saying nearly 530 injured, 59 killed by the Las Vegas mass shooter who had a weapons arsenal at his home and in the hotel room. In excess of 18 additional firearms, um, some explosives, and several thousand rounds of ammo along with some electronic uh, devices that we are evaluating at this point. That was a report delivered the next morning by ABC News' Andy Field. ABC News also interviewed an eyewitness, uh, Michelle Leonard, who had a vendor spot at the concert. So I had a store, and I was on the main drag, and Jason Geraldine was on. When he was on, I heard these... A few weeks later, an Army newspaper published a story about a soldier who was there. This soldier had just emerged from basic combat training at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and her trainer, her drill sergeant, was my own sister, Drill Sergeant Lonsberry. I was reminded of this article because one of Utah's own was also there, and earlier this week, Uh, received the Utah Medal of Valor from Governor Gary Herbert. I want to share both of those stories with you. First, we'll read the Army article, and then, after the break, we'll speak with Master Sergeant Sean Harris about the experience of one of his own soldiers, a Utah Army National Guard soldier, Sergeant Chasen Brown. So, uh, turning back to uh, October of 2017, here is what was published in the Fort Sill Tribune. It reads... When the staccato sound of hundreds of rounds began firing, Nevada Army National Guard Private Jacqueline Trujillo ignored the comments of people around her who thought someone was shooting off fireworks or there was a problem with the speakers. Recognizing the sound of rifle fire, she quietly told her two younger sisters to leave the concert. Quote, I didn't want them to freak out or panic. We did it calmly, she said. As we were approaching the exit, that's when everyone started realizing that this wasn't fireworks. Las Vegas Metro Police identified Stephen Paddock, 64, as the man who opened fire from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino on October 1st, killing 58 and injuring hundreds before taking his own life. Included in that number was another Nevada Army National Guard soldier, Sergeant First Class Charleston Hartfield, 34, of the 100th Quartermaster Company. When the shooting started, Trujillo saw people dropping to take cover, others falling from gunshot wounds or tripping and getting trampled. 
She and her sisters found safety behind a wall where they met fellow concert goer Tammy Dean. They saved me, Dean told uh, a Las Vegas action news reporter. Trujillo really took care of us and kept us calm, and she kept me from doing something stupid like going inside looking for family. Trujillo and her sisters and Dean left the area, escorted by an off-duty police officer. She then led the group to her brother's house near the concert. The entire family wasn't reunited until the following morning. Right now, I think I'm handling the situation better than the rest of my family, Trujillo said in an interview about a week after the shooting. I'm just thankful for my training and to know what to do in that situation. Trujillo credited her basic combat training she took uh, at... A split option soul as a split option soldier at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, for helping her lead others to safety. Again, we're, we're reading just to catch you up here. If you're tuning in now, we're reading from an article published in an Army newspaper uh, shortly after uh, the attack on a crowd of concert goers in Las Vegas on October 2017. This is the story of uh, an Army private who was there and who took quick action to help herself and. Others. The article continues, probably what helped me respond to what was happening was being able to remain calm and recognize the noises of rifle fire, she said. I remember hearing those sounds or similar when we had to crawl or when we fired our weapons. Trujillo, who graduated August 18th from B Battery, 1st Battalion, 19th Field Artillery, returned for her senior year of high school in Las Vegas and is now a member of D Company, 3rd Battalion, 140th Security and Support Aviation Regiment. Looking back on her training at Fort Sill, she thanked all the drill sergeants uh, who helped teach her the ways of a soldier, though she singled out one in particular. Drill Sergeant Aubrey Lonsberry was my drill sergeant. It wasn't one specific thing she said that helped me the most, but just everything she taught us about the type of soldier you want to be, how to remain in control, how to stay calm and be soldiers, she said. Trujillo will attend advanced individual training next summer and become an aviation operations specialist with D Company. Lonsberry said that Trujillo's actions didn't surprise her. Private Trujillo consistently set herself apart from her fellow trainees by her high level of motivation and discipline. She brought good energy to our formation day in and day out. Her service was special to her, and it was clearly important to her that she learn and execute warrior tasks and battle drills correctly. Lonsbury added drill sergeants do their best to train up basic combat training soldiers for all situations, but despite that, the outcome of what trainees do is still uncertain. Quote, you see, basic trainees make physical, mental, and emotional improvements over nine weeks, and when they leave, all you can do is hope for the best. Private Trujillo showed that she can be relied upon by her country to answer the call whenever it may come. She also showed that consistently living up to Army values and applying basic combat training skills in tough situations can save lives. The article concludes, as people process the outcome of this horrific episode in their lives, Trujillo said some call her a hero for doing what she did. She instead wants to be remembered in a different way. I don't feel like a hero. I just feel like an American soldier. Thus concludes that Army article written in October of 2017 uh, in the weeks after that horrific attack that took the lives of 58 concert goers in Las Vegas. And it was earlier this week that a soldier here in Utah received from Governor Gary Herbert the Utah Medal of Valor. Sergeant Chasen Brown was there that night, uh, and it uh, was a traumatic experience. 
but he is credited for taking swift action, which saved lives. We're going to take a break here in a moment, and when we return, uh, we will be joined by Master Sergeant Sean Harris. He will share with us the experience of one of his old his own soldiers, Sergeant Chasen Brown. Uh, we're going to learn what kind of man he is, what kind of soldier he is, what kind of American he is, and what it means to be on the receiving end of Utah's Medal of Valor. What caliber of person gets that from the governor? We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Before the break, you heard we walked through that story of a, uh, a young Army soldier, a private from uh, Nevada, who was there the night in 2017 when a gunman opened fire into a crowd of concert goers in Las Vegas. Uh, again in 2017, and it was earlier this week that we learned that a member of the Utah Army National Guard uh, was also in that crowd. Earlier this week, Sergeant Chasen Brown received the Utah Medal of Valor from Governor Gary Herbert. And to tell us more about Sergeant Brown's experience and the type of man and soldier that he is, we are joined by Master Sergeant Sean Harris, who was one of the first to learn uh, Sergeant Brown's story from the night uh, at the concert. Uh, Sergeant Harris, how are you? Good, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm grateful to you for for joining us. Uh, let's get right into this conversation. Before we get into the the details of what led to uh, the Utah Medal of Valor being given to Sergeant Brown, what can you tell us about this soldier? What's his background? Sergeant Brown is a, a young soldier, uh, a newly recruited soldier. He'd only been in the military for a couple of years at the time of the incident. Um, from the time that I've known him, I was his former, a part of his former leadership team uh, at that time, and I had always been impressed with Sergeant Brown. His professionalism, uh, his his performance, everything that he did, everything that he trained on, uh, he always trained to be the best, and always trained to be proficient. What type of the what type of proficiency did you observe in him? How, how could you know that he was always striving for the best? Just the different things that he would do, sir. Um, we were in a field artillery unit, and uh, during weekly or monthly training, he would he would spend as much time as possible uh, training on different tasks to to reach a level of performance that uh, was higher than than most people. When did you first come to know Sergeant Brown? I met Sergeant Brown in in 2017 when I took the position of first sergeant. In his unit. And the the Desert News recently, uh, you were quoted. You said that Sergeant Brown uh, has been thoroughly impressive since you first met. What, if you could nail down one thing, what has most impressed you over these past three years or after the the, the three years? The most impressive thing that that I've seen with Sergeant Brown in, in relation, especially in relation to this incident, is his ability to. Uh, to adapt and to, to, to work through it and not let it affect his, his, his life, his, his personal life, his work life, his uh, professional military life. He continues to, to strive to be uh, proficient and, and do everything very well. And that's a trait that uh, may be born in him, but is also uh, trained uh, through, through Army training. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, that's, that's correct, sir. I, I understand you were 
one of the first to hear Sergeant Brown's experience from that night in Las Vegas. What, what was that conversation like? Uh, the, the original conversation, I sat down and, and asked him, I, I, I heard that you were at that concert. Uh, I asked him, what was it like? Only expecting to hear something like, oh, it was terrifying or it was, it was chaotic. Uh, but as he began to speak and uh, share things with me, I was just I was stunned and overwhelmed, uh, number one, by his experience, the things that he went through, uh, but also as he began to share uh, details about what he was going through at the time, uh, the emotions that he shared. Uh, you know, he told me that uh, the, the first instinct or the first emotion that he had is just pure fear, a fear that he'd never felt before. And then he was able to uh, realize, that, hey, I've been trained. I've received this training for combat casualty care, this training that I've, been uh, taught so that I can help wounded comrades in battle, so I can use this. So he, he redirected that fear, and uh, he was able to use that to, to focus on those that were in need rather than, you know, they weren't wounded comrades in the battlefield, but they, in a way they were. And he just focused that, that training and uh, helped as many people as he could. He, what was the nature of the aid that he rendered? I understand uh, first aid. Was he able to, to evacuate? What, what can you tell us about the, the details of what he went through? So every soldier is trained in uh, combat casualty care. Uh, he, so he received that first aid training, uh, how to stop bleeding, how to uh, place a tourniquet, um, bandages, evacuation, how to improvise a litter those types of skills, uh, and, and those are the skills that he used. He was able to stop the bleeding on a casualty by, uh, use, not to be too gory, but using his finger to plug a, a bullet hole until they could evacuate that casualty to a, an aid station. Uh, he improvised tourniquets with with belts or uh, whatever he could find, uh, straps of T-shirt. He used T-shirts as bandages, uh, wads of other clothes, other clothing is a pressure dressing, uh, you know, which is used to help stop bleeding, and then uh, improvised litters and help just to help carry uh, other wounded people off the off of the, the lawn. Amazing. Due to his actions that night, the governor, Governor Gary Herbert, uh, awarded Sergeant Brown the Utah Medal of Valor. What can you tell us about that medal? What what qualifies someone for the Medal of Valor? Uh, the Utah Medal of Valor is it's the highest state award that the Utah National Guard military a member can receive. Uh, it's only awarded to those who demonstrated extreme valor. Uh, it, it can only be awarded to a member of the Utah National Guard that distinguishes themselves by courageous conduct at the risk of their own life and personal safety above and beyond the call of duty. What can you tell us about Sergeant Brown today? Where is he in his career? How's he doing? Uh, he's doing great, as, as well as can be expected. Um, right now, he's he's working for a, an electrical company in Las Vegas, uh, getting ready to move to a supervisory position in uh, in Colorado. He's a he's been promoted to the rank of sergeant. He's a gunner in the field artillery unit, Charlie Charlie Battery, Second Battalion, Two Twenty Second, out of Beaver, Utah. 
that continues to uh, perform very well in, in all aspects of his life, his, his uh, civilian career and his military career. Listen, thank you, Sergeant, for for speaking to us today. Thank you for telling us the story uh, of Sergeant Chasen Brown. Uh, it's a, uh, I mentioned earlier that there are experiences sometimes that are, are dark and tragic and horrific and ugly and vile, uh, and that the true metal of someone uh, is measured in how they're able to respond and react. And the story that you've just told, uh, the experience of Sergeant Chasen Brown, uh, is exactly that. Uh, there was a darkest hour that he witnessed, and he was able to rise uh, and ultimately uh, render aid, save lives, and it's, uh, I imagine, just a, a small token of appreciation uh, that he be on the receiving end of this Utah Medal of Valor. It also speaks to you uh, for being in his uh, chain of command in his career uh, that he would receive uh, guidance and seek uh, or and, and follow the example uh, set by you and other leaders along his career. Uh, thank you uh, for your service. Thank you for your time here. And thank you for, uh, for telling us the story of young Sergeant Jason Brown. Thank you. It's an honor to be able to, to speak on his behalf and share his story. Please, if you have contact with him, uh, pass along to him for whatever it's worth. Uh, appreciation from uh, myself, uh, from this station, and from the whole state. I sure will. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Uh, how about that story, huh? There are, you know, countless thousands, tens of thousands of soldiers that pass through basic combat training and received advanced individualized training. Uh, and much of that training, I won't say is in vain, but much of it uh, doesn't necessarily need to be put into practice exactly as instructed. And that uh, there is an exception here. Uh, while not on the battlefield, uh, it was here at home uh, that this young hero was able to put his uh, training into practice. Uh, and I share that story with you to further illustrate the point that in the midst of a dark, dark hour, that greatness can rise. And we uh, have learned just this week that here in Utah was born uh, some greatness in Sergeant Chasen Brown, the most recent recipient of the Utah Medal of Valor from Governor Gary Herbert. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to turn back the hands of time a hundred plus years and look at 1918. Yeah, more lessons from the Spanish flu that you and I can learn as we continue to combat this coronavirus. Some interesting stuff. Some interesting stuff out of 1918. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll also share an archive newspaper clipping with you. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.